And then we're not going to see him. And then I guarantee you, we're not going to see him as a firefighter for like 17 episodes. And then like 18 episodes later, he's going to have to fight a fire again for some reason. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's the firefighter show station 19 is in the Grey's Anatomy universe. And literally every single week they talk about a big tie in episode. And then there's like nothing. And this is also going to be on Thursday night. So like, it would have been so easy to like triple tie in to the Shonda Mm -hmm. verse. And if there's any show that screams Shondaverse, it's Rivered. Hello, pals and gals, and welcome to another episode of XOXO Riverdale. Riverdale. <laughs> that was good. <laughs> fast. Very fast. I'm Louis Perlman. I'm Kate Batter. And we are your favorite Riverdale fan podcast that is, uh, you know, hosted by two comedians who are still just watching the show. And we are covering... Chapter 95, Riverdale R.I.P. <laughs> I feel like that was the right way to pronounce that. Yeah, well, because R.I.P. is in parentheses, and that question mark only applies to the R.I.P. part. So yes. It's, and Riverdale's all caps, so it's like, Riverdale, R.I.P. Yeah, exactly. And uh, this is the season finale of uh, uh, season five. Mm-hmm. What a long, strange trip season five has been. What there's a conclusion in this episode that is insane, <laughs> insane, absolutely. <laughs> and we'll get to it. Uh, you know, that's gonna be the bulk of the episode. But you know, want to say if you enjoy what you're hearing, you can please rate and review us and subscribe to us on the podcatcher of your choice. And you can follow us on Twitter, on Facebook. We're there, just look us up. XOXO Riverdale, you'll find us. And on Instagram, our Instagram is very popular right now. Kate, we're at the end of another season. What Riverdale news do we have to discuss today? We have so much casting news and more. Yes. Um, Casting-wise, well, one of them we'll talk about at the end of the episode. I think that's a better place to talk about it. Yeah. But we do have, for next season, um, Kieran Lipka is coming back as... Sabrina so not coming back but coming to I guess as Sabrina yeah yeah which um really uh uh it actually confirms or it sort of it sort of is relating to a theory that I have Mm -hmm. that the final season will be magical and then the show will self-cancel it feels like you think that's what they're gearing towards I hope so, because I remember at the beginning, I was very much like, I don't want the supernatural stuff. Oh, and I for think sure. I, I still wouldn't if there was like time left, but it's very like new heart, wake up from a dream. Like, yes. just go for it. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I, I feel like it's time for the show to like have different elements to work with mm-hmm. and that magic is is a really fun thing to be written into the show but that we don't need four extra seasons with all of them using magic we need one season with them using magic and then the show can be done yeah Uh, yeah yeah Yeah. and and i never finished sabrina but i i believe spoiler alert spoiler 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 saying it a few times in case someone doesn't want sabrina that's now old to be spoiled (laughs) on this podcast but i believe she dies at the end of the series uh and she sort of ascends to hell if i if i remember correctly from what people have told me so they're gonna have to bring her back or they're gonna have to explain it or it's a different version of the character which is a possibility as well mainly because we've discussed how the archies seem to be printed on posters and um thermoses and things in the Sabrina show which has always led me to believe that they're not actually taking place sort of in the same world right another option is it's Riverdale and they're never going to explain it or it's going to be did you see Logan yes 
like the kids have Wolverine comic books. That's right, which is also not really explained. Sort of. Is, yeah. I mean, it makes more sense for kids to read Wolverine comics of like Wolverine's real than to read Archie comics of Archie's real. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I'm going to read about this random teenager. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Wolverine <laughs> makes like so much sense. But uh, yeah, totally. Even, Wolverine's like, like a notable figure in that world. Yeah. Yeah. Even like there's like John Lewis graphic novels that like make yes. more sense than like a Riverdale. <laughs> Definitely like in that world. It would be like, why do you base a comic on this teenager? <laughs> yeah. Who's not like Malala. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And Archie, just to clarify for this podcast, we we don't feel Archie is like Malala. No. Malala, nope. by the way, huge Ted Lasso fan. Not a huge surprise. <laughs> <laughs> um, another casting is that also doesn't really make a lot of sense that we have Nick St. Clair coming back. Well, they may need another... Hiram type villain for the show because that ties into some of the other news where it seems to be confirmed via Instagram that Mark Consuelos has left the show which I do not think anybody producing the show knew when they (laughs) shot this episode quite frankly yeah it because this is sort of a weird final episode for Mr. Lodge yeah it like the thing is that I feel like they weren't sure. So they were like, if he does leave, this is like a good natural ending. But if he doesn't, we can still like work him back in. Yeah, it felt like a little on the fence. It wasn't yeah. like um, when Skeet left and he kind of rode off into the sunset. Yeah. You know, that felt much more definitive to me at the end mm-hmm. of season four. Yeah. Okay, well... <laughs> that is oh no and there's a little more news that's like very important i'm sorry i almost skipped it kate go for it's it it's okay the trailer for the rowing movie charles melton is in came out and first kate's all, a rower for our listeners that just didn't know yeah first of all i had no idea michael shannon was in it yeah. so i will say that like rowing scenes in movies can be really tough and an entire movie could be a nightmare but i'll see michael shannon in anything Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so now i have to go i didn't i watched it on my phone and only like sort of paid attention um it looks like the rowing's okay okay that's good Um, maybe they hired a consultant you know they usually do i mean i know people who like auditioned for the body doubles in the social network uh which is my favorite um but Mm -hmm, i don't like this this is like four boats across so it feels like at least three of those boats could be like fully just rowers and then that boat of eight they could have taught like there was stuff that looked like there was a behind the scene picture of charles melton standing up in an eight which is weird like part of training is often standing up in a single mm-hmm. but if i mean if they didn't have time and he wasn't they didn't want to deal with the like actor laws of someone flipping into the water and eight would make more sense to train in yeah, I don't, we'll see. I mean, I'll obviously have a thorough review when it comes out. Yes. It's one of the yeah. most important Riverdale adjacent films to come out in a while uh, for this podcast because of the crossover. Yeah, a big crossover universe in the Kate Vatter cinematic universe. In the yeah, or like in the Kate Matt Vatter like oeuvre. Yeah. Of like things that are sort of important when they meld together. Yeah. Yeah. Things that I can talk about long enough to bore a kidnapper. Exactly. Exactly. So that they let you free. Yeah. <laughs> ah, well, that was a lovely slew of news. <laughs> so Shall we get into the episode? Yeah. Did you like it? I liked it better. It felt a little more chill and mm-hmm. a little more grounded. Um, I think that one of the reasons why is because it had RAS at the helm and it felt like it was written by him. It it, it just seemed a little less like it was grasping at straws. That Mm -hmm. being said, like, like is a really strong term for how I felt about this episode. Uh, I'm a little relieved that this season is done. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, something that's happening with the next season that CW is doing with several of its shows is it's going to do five episodes in a row that are apparently a contained story uh, when it comes back. And then it's going on a very long hiatus. Okay. And I'm excited about that yeah. because 
I think that something that's a little more self-contained will work really well for the show. And it's something I've been, I've been uh, vying for for a while. I, I'm wondering if maybe this will be the end of this sort of like big sprawling narrative that often they can't really handle. Yeah, they dropped a ball on a big one this season and suddenly remembered to catch it. <laughs> yes, yes, which we will talk about. I mean, there were cer- certain things that were mentioned specifically in this episode that haven't been mentioned in months now that were like, okay, this is still a plot of this show. Mm-hmm. Do you agree with that? Like, yeah. It seems like he left the writer's room and came in like, okay, so I missed a few episodes. Tell me how you wrapped it up. And they were like, ooh. He was like, <laughs> oh no. And had to like fix everything real fast. Yeah, right around. Did you, did right around it. Did you like this episode more than? I liked it more than I have. Mm-hmm, me as well. Yeah. Me as well. Yeah. Yeah, I I agree. Uh, like I still didn't love it. Was- the power list was not as hard as it's been. Totally. <laughs> yeah, and the crush list was fun too, at least for me. I had a little more trouble with the crush list, but I think it's because it feels like it's getting repetitive after five seasons. Definitely, yeah. And the crush list too is really hard when Moose isn't in the episode. Yeah. Yes, who I'm yeah. furious they're not using more, but whatever. It's clear that they have him on set waiting and they just keep cutting his scenes. I know. He's the Lindsay Buckingham of Riverdale. <laughs> All right, let's get into it. Um, so the narration starts with Jughead comparing it to It, the Stephen King book. So he's- heavy-handedly. And it's like, he says the movie It. He doesn't say the book It, but then it's It Chapter 2 in the movie verse. It is part of the It book, but like what he is describing is Chapter 2. <laughs> Good call, like good catch on that for sure. Um, also, just we've been talking about how the whole season kind of resembles it in certain ways, but for him just to like scream it out at the beginning of this episode kind of bothered me. <laughs> I would love for a Jughead narration to be like, "Life has been a lot like a CW teen drama." <laughs> You'd be like, "Wow, yeah, that's a pretty, <laughs> pretty good yeah, summary." That's, that's totally fair. Yeah, <laughs> uh, on, the, on the nose. And then um, we have Reggie not passing his test. Yeah, and his response to not passing is, let's open a casino, which is, I cackled and had to pause. Like, I think it's the hardest I've laughed in an out-of-nowhere storyline in the entire series. I think that I also lolled really hard during that part, but there was also stuff later that made me laugh and cackle as well. There were for sure more things, but this- There were some real curveballs thrown at us. I was like, okay, casino time. Yeah, (laughs) and he was like, didn't we have fun? And like Veronica at least had the sense to be like, what? Mm -hmm. But um, not as maybe as seriously a what as it should have been. Oh, no. You know what I laughed at? It was right after that. Uh-huh. It was when Veronica told Reggie she was waiting for the school year to end to oh, go yeah, back to New York. I wrote because I laughed and laughed and I was like, oh, yes, Veronica, the teacher of the children, which is what she's been doing on the show. Yeah, I wrote suddenly responsible. And there are several characters in this episode that mention the end of the school year as the end of their employment. Like, they've been there the whole time. Totally. (laughs) And, like, I would have really liked a season that was set more at the school with them as teachers. I think that could have been pretty dynamic, actually. And we didn't get that. And that feels a little disappointing. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah, I think that could have been cool. I think that could have been actually kind of cool. And they could have introduced some younger cast members as well. Like, I wouldn't have minded that, to be honest. Yeah, there was that one kid who came back towards the end of the episode who looks like if Jughead and Archie had a baby who you've never noticed, but it's so obvious once you do. Yes, totally. <laughs> um, so Archie, another real throwaway line is that Eric moved back home. That was the part. That was <laughs> the part where I, like, died. I was like, well, bye. <laughs> Just bye, okay. That was amazing that that character got so much, huh? Did he take bingo with him? I don't know. (laughs) Wasn't that amazing that that character got so much plot this season 
and then didn't even get a fucking goodbye on the show. Oh my god. They were like, oh, he moved back home. Oh, he's a nice guy. We'll see him again. Bye. They never even mentioned back home. Yeah, they we don't know where he is. (laughs) Yeah, back home, back home. Did he is back home for him? Did he silently walk into the Sweetwater River and drown? Like that could have been back home, you know. It was it was it was the end of the awakening. He just kind of like walked in with rocks in his pockets. <laughs> exactly. Like it was that was so terrible. <laughs> Awful writing. Yeah. And then like Archie and Betty talk about how they're day drinking because they were like, oh, that's right, they're adults. Yes, like, that's right. That's I right. feel like kids don't talk about day drinking like they talk about drinking cool at parties but like day drinking is a real like later yeah. in life downfall. That's a late 20s thing that's very exciting for people when they start doing it. Yeah, yes. and then you and then you hit your mid 30s and then you can't do it anymore cuz you get too tired and you have to take a nap. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 <laughs> Archie's going to reopen Andrew's construction. Right. Which Where's that he... young man going to find the time? I mean, he he's a, he seems to be a fireman all the time. Yeah. yeah, I thought he sold it to Tom. That's what I thought, too. Oh. I don't know. And, like, I will say, like, having lived in the home with uh, volunteer firefighters, they can, like, he could totally still have, like, a full-time job mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. and have time for that. But also, like, it seems like there's only four firefighters, so maybe he should, like, be a little more interested in ramping that up instead of just wearing t-shirts for it yeah i agree i think that um also once again like just from writing standpoint i'd watch a season where he's just a firefighter and that's fine do you know what i mean like that's that's, just firefighters that's right exactly that's once again just like sort of a world of story potential that it's like well why do you have to reopen andrew's construction and then we're not going to see him and then i guarantee you we're not going to see him as a firefighter for like 17 episodes and then like 18 episodes later he's gonna have to fight a fire again for some reason yeah yeah like there's if the firefighter show station 19 is in the Grey's anatomy universe and literally every single week they talk about a big tie-in episode and then there's like nothing and this is also going to be on thursday night so like it would have been so easy to like triple tie-in to the shondaverse Mm -hmm. and if there's any show that screams shondaverse it's riverdale that's right. <laughs> a true thing has never been spoken on this podcast. <laughs> it's very, it is very like one of each, but yes. uh, Shonda really handles it better. So Betty is back of the FBI. Right. And I wrote, why? How? Yes, well, I wrote how as well. I really don't understand how that happened. But she's just okay, like, oh yeah, she's, I graduated. What? She's an, she's an FBI agent now. Weren't they mad at her like two weeks ago? Didn't they show up and tell her to quit it? Yeah, they showed up and were like, don't do this. <laughs> but now she's in the FBI. How wonderful. Good for her. If you remember, <laughs> Jughead was teaching and then told to go on leave. And then I guess they forgot that. Um, yes. Because <laughs> Weatherby wants him to restart the blue and gold. And yes. He's just like, okay. Yes. Yes. And like... Yeah, and then we get kind of some real insufferable fe- freedom of the press chat. That was something else. Will I, I do want to talk about this now? I felt more than other episodes this season, and not that it was super well handled or anything like that, but there were certain sort of didactic moments in this episode that I felt were a little more of a reaction overall to the Trump era which kind of I was fine with, like, that's fine. And of course it's on everybody's mind that's writing and working on the show. Like, that's fine. But like Jughead really went out of his way later on in the show to like really talk about why journalism is important in a way that kind of surprised me for Riverdale. And that's not really criticism. It's just sort of like, oh, maybe that's actually maybe the kind of show I want from this show I don't know do do you know what I mean by that like yeah that felt kind of kind of interesting to me yeah it felt super out of place when Jughead said that well yes because (laughs) and then like they were very like freedom of the press and then immediately burnt the press to the ground well yes oh yeah yeah yeah. because they set Hiram's paper on fire yeah which like we're sitting here looking at it like yeah because it's a bogus paper but like also 
what conflicting storylines like very weird I I I kind of stopped paying attention to Jughead and then I heard Ronan Farrow and was like wait a minute (laughs) he's like blah 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 Ronan Farrow like it's like oh my god it was blah 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 and I heard Ronan Farrow and then like paid attention after that because I was like yeah you're like wait what's he talking about right now yeah totally (laughs) but that's very exciting I mean it must only be a matter of time until uh, they talk about my my major crush, Ronan Farrow's husband. Oh, John Lovett. Yeah, John Lovett. I was who gonna say, I, I I adore. <laughs> I truly believe, like, fully one hundred percent believe that if they asked Ronan Farrow to be on Riverdale, he would be there in a heartbeat. I agree. Like, if there's one thing I know about Ronan Farrow, it is that he pulled off all of this insane shit while playing Pokemon, like, 24-7 and, like, screaming along to Taylor Swift. And I think he would be so down to be on Riverdale. Absolutely. That, like, they should try. Yeah, they should try. I want Ronan Farrow on Riverdale. Let's start a letter writing campaign. I don't think John Lovett would do it, but I think Ronan would. Yeah, but John Lovett would certainly talk about it on one of his podcasts. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He would not stop. (laughs) <laughs> he was anyway. not talking about his roommate his roommate Ronan yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh then um Veronica's <laughs> Veronica's Wall Street uh cred has been tarnished right okay first of all have we ever seen this guy before I do think we saw him really early on in the season but I could be wrong his but... name is Cameron so that's yes. all. If someone at home remembers Cameron, let us know. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but she is no longer the she-wolf of Wall Street. She's now the black widow of Wall Street. Yeah, okay. and I guess that's what happens when you shoot your abusive husband in self-defense. Yeah, I mean, that sounds about right. I yeah. just watched that new documentary Monica Lewinsky made yesterday, and this feels very on brand. Yep. <laughs> yeah, it's true. You know, so her, her reputation has changed. Mm-hmm. And then, <laughs> uh, then we have that scene where Cheryl and Britta. Britta is, she's just like watching Britta mine and Britta like loves it. it feels I was like, like, is she forcing Britta to mine? <laughs> it, it feels like in like Harry Potter, like there's the whole thing where like the house elves like working and everyone's like, this is like a really creepy, gross like take on slavery yeah and that's totally. like a little bit what this felt like yes totally agree like I don't Absolutely. think there's like I don't think there's turfs running the show but like there's some like questionable things here yes yes definitely uh well just the whole way that they've decided to handle the Britta Cheryl relationship is disappointing to me like she calls her yeah. Miss Blossom and stuff like wouldn't it be so much more fun for Britta to turn into sort of a, you know, a, like sort of a, a wild kind of free, you know, Cheryl kind of protege. I think, uh, I think that's a more fun move for them to make for all of us. I think you know? that's fun. And I also think like maybe leaving Britta as she was with this like tough chick and having her like, not even butt heads with Cheryl, but Cheryl just being like, that's cool be your own person of course yes 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 but like don't you want like scenes with cheryl rolling up in her fancy car with with britta sure i'm, I'm willing to go halfway with you here and just have britta be her cool tough self and uh-huh. have cheryl say something really pithy to uh some of the other cast members and then have britta like hit it home and button it and they drive the fuck away like wouldn't yeah. that be so good for the show yeah to have that kind of element to it, you know? Yeah. Uh, really, or have them, like, kind of scheming together in fun mm-hmm. ways. Like, that's what it this feels-, feels like. I feel like Cheryl kind of needs that. Her coming out of her her sort of strange reclusiveness she's been in. But Yeah, it feels yeah. like, because we find out later she's setting up Thornhill to be a school for wayward girls again. So it feels like they're maybe hyping up Britta to be, like, a witch but I don't see yes. why they have to like backtrack this way like yes. with her to blend her into yeah. it. Yes. Then we have this surprise party for and- Betty where Alice is just so thrilled. And remember the whole last episode was 
how difficult it's been for Alice. Now we do get a scene where she acknowledges that and that's okay. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I was really shocked how like cheery they had Maiden play this, this scene. I was a little yeah, like- I was expected like a bittersweet happy. Like she's yeah, allowed like, to be happy. Like, like congr- honey, I'm so happy for you. Yeah, like that kind of reading, you know, that kind of yeah. read of it. So I was kind yeah. of surprised, yeah. And then Betty has to give a speech and this is the part where I wrote, this is a personal nightmare. Uh, it was a personal nightmare the second she walked in, but it just got worse and worse. Um, and then, like, we have this scene between Jughead and Tabitha, like, talking about leaving the party and going on that date they never had. And Tabitha says, I could really go for some Italian right now. And then they run out, and it felt like it was a euphemism for something that just didn't land. <laughs> You mean them having a like fool around time? Yeah, it felt like it yeah. would have like really worked if they were like, oh, let's go to an Italian restaurant. And she was like, I want some Italian right now. And Jughead was like, Italian? <laughs> <laughs> but like, he's not. So it's just like weird. Or cut to like a steamy Riverdale scene, like a steamy like, Riverdale sexy have, scene. They both have one end of the spaghetti and they like come in and kiss. Yes, that's lovely. Then we had. Frank hitting on Alice. Oh, I wrote exactly. Is Frank hitting on Alice? <laughs> How do you feel about that in this show? It feels inevitable because they're the only grown-ups left. Totally. But it is a little bit like, man, you saw Alice like really lose it last week. And you're like, this is like multi-level marketing levels of like zooming in on people who are in trouble. Yes, yes. <laughs> and then Jingle Jangle's back. After, like, an absence of years on the show, there's this ghoulie all of a sudden. I was like, oh, hi! (laughs) The ghoulie doing jingle jangle. Yes, and this felt very RAS in that I think that's one of his favorite elements of the show is sort of the serpent's ghoulie rivalry. And I think as he's been paying less attention to it, that hasn't been as much part of the show lately. Mm-hmm. And this felt very much almost like, no, 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 this is very much what the show's about. We're going to move back into that territory for the next season. Yeah. 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 There's like a and thing where Jughead wasn't, didn't have a full-time job, apparently. At any No, point. no. He was like working like part-time at Pop pops you know but then like also at the school and also as a detective yep well you know that's sort of how i make my living so i'm not going to begrudge jughead like all my jobs are are sort of jobs (laughs) i just think it's that i thought that he had a full-time job yeah Uh, pops that's what i thought there's a problem with it is that i thought he had one yes yes that that was just confusing and they're deciding to move in together which is quite premature but yeah to them yeah and then like kevin's a firefighter too yes isn't that great that's but it's also just like all the male characters are firefighters except for jack at the end yes and uh apparently women can't be firefighters right because you know who would love doing that is britta Britta would be a good firefighter, but you know who else would be good firefighters? Cheryl would be a good firefighter, but she's a little too removed. In, but Tony would be a good firefighter as well, reserve mm-hmm. firefighter. Alice would probably do it. Like There's other characters yeah. that would do it. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and, then, and then we had, you know, the tires were slashed and Pops was on fire. Mm-hmm. And uh, seeing Pops on fire, at least for me was like somewhat like viscerally upsetting just because it's a it's a it's a you know element of the show that I think is the the art direction of pops is really wonderful um and like very evocative of the comics to me but I didn't have to worry because then there were all these other scenes that were later that were in pops later barely on fire where it seemed like everything was mostly fine and it made me furious (laughs) and like seeing it was like I was like oh this is like a really like kind of brave move and it's like you know like the Transformers are gonna kill Optimus Prime and then like chickened out and it was like oh they like went through with it like finally and then they just burned some tables like it didn't hit the counter it didn't hit the jukebox it didn't even hit all of the table oh no Pops has been lightly singed what a a big problem oh no someone dropped a birthday cake 
Like that's kind of the level of burn it was. <laughs> totally. Happy birthday to the ground. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs> yeah. So, so um And then Veronica's instantly like, it was high rum. And I'm like, what does high like my question to this was why? Like, what is Hiram's problem with pops other than emotional attachment for other people? Yeah, like, is Hiram gonna get palladium from burning down Pops? Because that seems to be the big through line of this season for him, you know? Yeah, it's just no reason, but everyone was immediately sure. Like, Veronica was like, I think I know who it is. I would like someone to have been like, instead of what what they did do, which is Hiram. Of course. Yes. (laughs) Um, So they go to arrest Hiram. And immediately this had some sort of lynchy vibes Uh and I didn't love that about this whole thing I don't really like seeing the I don't like the mob justice aspects of this show when they do them I think it's creepy also when Archie kicked down the door it was like a full explosion (laughs) well welcome to the sound design of Riverdale Uh which you're more sensitive to than I am but I love that about this element to the show that we're constantly like Let's bring in the sound design elements for, I, I wonder if any other Riverdale fan podcasts are doing that. Yeah. Yeah. They used thunder very strategically this episode. Yes. Yes, they did. Um, so this is where I wrote, I wrote a very long sentence. You'll see in my notes here, all my notes only cover half a page, except for this one sentence. That is, this is not what the kids asked for when they asked to restart the blue and gold. Totally. This is the Ronan Farrow scene. Yep. This is that Ronan Farrow scene you were talking and about also, earlier. We never see them document like a crime or anything in the rest of this episode. It's like they all heard Jughead say that and were like, yeesh, let's get out of here. Totally. They were like, um, I want to go back to playing Fortnite. Thanks so much. (laughs) Yeah. Absolutely. For extra credit. Yikes. Then they go off to find that ghoulie. So that's after there is a very long zaddy scene in here. Yes, yes, there is, which is wonderful. Absolutely. The longest screen time Zaddy has had in a while. Yeah, we've been talking about Zaddies at work a lot recently for uh, interesting reasons that I'm not allowed to talk about. But, sure. uh, but there has been a lot of Zaddy talk in my, in my life recently. So. And you're like, oh, welcome back, Tom. <laughs> yeah. So then they're torturing this ghoulie, clearly, this scene which is, is also this... something kind of gross for the characters to do. The show has gotten like gory. Like it feels like, did you, it feels like this had like more blood this whole season than like, to be fair, it's just a movie, but like the many scenes of Newark had fewer like torture scenes and way less blood. And it's the Sopranos. Like this show has gotten gross. Yeah. This show is reveling a little bit in some, I think some kind of bad instincts at this point, because this was very similar to that scene from a few episodes ago where Betty was torturing that serial killer, which is also like somewhat upsetting. Yeah. I don't know. It's just not really what I want to see the characters doing personally. No. But But I also want to see the characters getting into scrapes and uh, sharing milkshakes at Pops. So Yeah, I would like hijinks more than like nefarious undertakings. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, And this ghoulie is like, the serpents have gone soft. And I... Like, yes, but also that never occurred to me. And someone in the writer's room had to be like, I think they've gone soft, which is a wild thought. Mm -hmm, (laughs) Like that that mm -hmm. even crossed their brain enough to put it in the script. Totally. (laughs) Totally. That they were like, let's talk about this. Mm -hmm. And also that conversation took place in the white worm, which is underneath Pops. Yep. And was unscathed i wrote so the worm is structurally safe my jaw hung open when they were in that white worm set i was like oh so really this fire wasn't really a big deal at all even though it was only contained to the front corner like that's enough for a roof to collapse like yeah and and also smoke damage beyond anything else you don't have people in there after after that yeah, if it I mean, was as big damage... of a fire as 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 it was in that scene, the white worm yeah. would have been for a while would needed to to have been repaired for sure. Yeah, it might not have as much smoke damage just because smoke rises. Um, yeah, but 
but it, See, it looked been. like there was smoke just trapped in that building. You know what I mean? Yeah, the structural integrity yeah. should have been compromised. Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. Um, but the conversation is that they need to incorporate Riverdale to compete with Hiram incorporating Sodale. Mm-hmm. And then there's Veronica just says like, you know what we have to do? And I wrote in big letters as a joke, murder. And then the answer was murder. Yep. Yeah, I was uh, like, are they going to kill him? Because that's really cringy. <laughs> yeah, and the, and then Veronica's like, it's the last thing we're going to do together. And I'm like, murder is? Yeah, murder, <laughs> murder her father? That's, uh, that's years of therapy right there. Yeah, and this is the scene where they use thunder like four times to underscore what they're saying. Yeah. Because then we have it again when Reggie reveals that he has a flash drive. Reggie, who does not have an umbrella or a rain jacket and was apparently waiting outside that door for a long time before knocking. Did you <laughs> have a minor worry about the integrity of the flash drive? Because I did. I was like, oh, that flash drive going to get very wet. Oh, no. <laughs> that was like my biggest thought was like, oh, my God, put it in your pocket or something. You're just like holding it in the air, like opening side up, just filling it up. Oh, man. And then we get the scene. This this is the scene that I thought was like an insane wrap up that like they've never like wrapped things up this insanely in the show before. It and was it's when- the least surprising thing that has ever happened on the show, though. Like the phone rings. I'm like, oh, gee, I wonder who the fuck that is after this yeah, whole so it's season. The trash bag killer. And then he's like covered in blood and just like dies. No, I don't <laughs> think he died. It seems like he maybe did. Like, it was so confusing because he couldn't tell whose blood it was. By the way, no, he, he didn't vac- die. He said to Betty, he said to Betty, now I have to return to my home planet. And then he flew away. <laughs> What's interesting <laughs> to me is that he sounds a little bit like Dr. Curl Jr. And I'm wondering if they were like, oh, shit, we forgot to fire. We forgot to hire a trash bag killer. Like, are you available? It's a mask. <laughs> and just like kind of throw him in there. But like, it's so unclear. Like, he was just like, you're never going to find who I am. I thought that that was supposed to be a scene where they agree to leave each other alone for now and that it's going to bubble up next next season. Because That's, that's what I think is like, going to happen with I that. I felt like it was setting up for like something to happen later in the episode and then he's just like never mentioned again. No, that's it for him. But then I was like, did they know they were going to have like a sixth season at this point? Like it's sort of unclear if they knew or not because a lot of things did wrap up. I think that I don't think that this functions as a series finale. I think that they, I think that they knew that they were getting renewed. Um, to my knowledge, I think they did. I think we read a few months ago that okay. they knew. So yeah, yeah. I I just don't totally think. I think that they were trying to wrap up the season, but not, but not the series here. So it was just more of a reminder because they haven't mentioned him in. Uh, I think so. Seventeen years. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Um, so we have we have this scene between Tabitha and Jughead where they have absolutely no chemistry. <laughs> it's, it's like it's they never hard. met. It's like they yes. never met. Um, yeah. And then they decide to burn down the ledger as like a payback, I guess, for burning. For, for slandering, singing. for slandering pops. I was going to say for singeing pops. And yes. then singeing pops because they assumed it was all Hiram. Because one knows that in 2021, a paper cannot exist without its office. No, 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 That's no. it for that and paper. Also, and also, it's easy to get away with crime on the street. That's Because right. there's no cameras. No cameras anywhere. Especially That's somewhere right. Hiram Lodges. Hiram Lodge, as we know, is not concerned about security. That's right. And then oh. they kiss in front of the fire. And I'm like, I don't like the direction this relationship's going. And you two psychopaths. <laughs> it felt very much like a movie where like there's an atomic bomb in the background. And they're like kissing slowly because it's like the end of the world. But it's just like burning down a paper and they have the fire department on call. So it doesn't even hit the buildings next to it. Yeah. Yeah. Very low stakes. And the music. Oh, the music in this scene. Well, I don't know what song it was, but it was so out of place with all the other music Riverdale's <laughs> ever had. Ugh, ugh. It yep. was like it was Agreed. like it was like an upbeat, slightly or like a slightly heavier 
feet of like dashboard confessional. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, emo light. Totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. And then Fangs and Tony are like, let's rebuild the serpents. And I'm like, with who? Why? What? Yes. Yes. <laughs> but that's going to be in season six. And I can't wait to learn all about that. And I can't wait to see the baby in a little leather coat, like the baby of the year sketch from I think you should leave. Absolutely. <laughs> and like, baby. and like the fact that the baby is like part of he's gonna be part, like the mascot of the serpents it's like okay <laughs> it's gonna be a little tough guy baby that's like murdered people and you're like what yeah maybe he'll be like baby herman yeah <laughs> he'll like walk around and smoke cigars and like sexually harass women that'd be pretty fun uh-huh. and then we find out that uh it's not Hiram. it's not murder that they're doing to Hiram. it's they're, exile they're exiling him get out of here Hiram. It's a very, um, so first of all, I did write that I love this Veronica, but I will also say there were several times in this episode where there were real missed opportunities for Harry and the Henderson references. Sure. And I hate- Go on, get out of here. You're not wanted here. We don't want you anymore. We don't want you anymore. That's right. Yeah. (laughs) So Zaddy offers Kevin the job of like full-time deputy, which is another like, what? Yeah, and Kevin was like, no, I want to go to Broadway. And like, he did want to do that, but I absolutely forgot. And then Zaddy was like, yeah, but then Zaddy was like, that's fine. Like, that was insane. Uh, That was, Kevin was never really. You know who's going to be sheriff? Archie. Ugh, Ugh, police brutality. (laughs) Yeah, so they have this scene after it. At the El Royale. Yeah, they're talking about who should be mayor. And I assume Archie will nominate himself as tribute. Yes. Um, But he does say Tony, which surprised me. And I thought about it and was like, good. And then I was like, actually, no one on this show is qualified to be mayor. That's correct. That's correct. Tony the most out of everybody but i agree but she's for sure. not like at all like the yeah. more i sat in on it the more i was like i don't know man like <laughs> Re- like veronica maybe be the best but she's going back to new york or is yeah. she yeah <laughs> um and then we get to this whole story about the boneyard and the skull in the mine and, and right so cheryl finds a skull and britta finds like 17 skeletons that she carries in her arms all at once like an intern in a comedy <laughs> yes and they go to nana rose and like of course nana rose is like yeah dude i know all about that and why don't you and it's like yes. what like yes. you're just nana rose is full of secrets that hair is as big as it is because it is full of secrets that's right and this is certainly what's setting up Sabrina here Um, yes and this has felt like the most RAS scene in the show mm -hmm. this whole ancestral trauma element yes and uh yeah and then she was being burned as a witch and it was like okay here we go here we go with this it also I will say first of all a lot of people don't know this witches were not burned in America really Uh, yeah that is a British thing in America they were hanged Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, there was like maybe one burning in the U.S. It was the rest was hanging. Hmm. Uh, so that was a little thing that took me out of it, and probably absolutely no one else. Because I also yes. learned that fact like a week ago. So I sound really smug saying it. Like, how did you miss this in education? But the answer is I saw it, like a week ago on Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we find out that like Thornhill had been like a school for girls, and Abigail Blossom, played by Cheryl, is was accused of witchcraft for. I don't know why lesbianism. Yeah, for being gay. Yeah, and uh, it turns out that the people that were responsible for her burning were Archibald Andrews, Jedediah Jones, and Beatrice Cooper. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then, like Abigail, just like burnt Riverdale to the ground, and I was like, "Good for her." Yeah, absolutely. With like her brain, but but then, like, there were elements to the curse. And to her being burned that were somehow in her journal when how could she have written in her journal when she was in the process of being burned? So that was a little, that was a little odd, um, but that's fine. Yeah. And yeah. And we'll get into that a little later because then Cheryl gets like 
very unfairly mad at like her we'll her, into, her colleagues. Yeah, we'll get into this because I think this was their attempt at like social commentary that really did not land for many reasons. Absolutely. Um. So the next, so we have Pop comes up from Florida and he's wearing a fun little uh, Hawaiian Tommy Bahama shirt to remind I you. I think this is sort of an interesting scene for that actor because mm-hmm. he he felt to me much more natural than he's really ever been on the show. Yeah. And there was something about it that I was like, I feel like maybe they were directing him to sort of be like this kind of like ethereal, magical figure during the rest of the run of him on the show. And I would much rather just see like, this nice guy with his beard and his shirt. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, he was like yeah. a real, like, I would like to, it seems a little bit like he's ready to turn Pops into, Mar- into a Margaritaville. Sure. And I think that's just like a fun vibe. Like, I don't want it to happen, but I think that's like fun for him. What and if he like, turned Pops into like a tiki bar? I'd love to see a nice tiki bar set on well, the show. That's kind of what Margaritaville is. Uh, yes, totally. Um, yes. I do have to say, I just read Colin Joe's book and there's a whole chapter about how much he loves Margaritaville. <laughs> oh, I am the least surprised that that guy would love Margaritaville. <laughs> it's, uh, it's a much better book than I expected, which I did tell to a stranger on the train. And he was like, tried to grill me about it. And I was like, it just is, okay? Um, <laughs> but it, it Pop's whole thing is that he's kind of going stir crazy. And he mm-hmm. wants to like work again and help Tabitha. And that's very... Real. I think what the thing with this scene is that it was all like very understandable. Like, yes, <laughs> it was like the most grounded scene in like the whole series was him like, I want to help. Like, I'm a little bit bored, but I don't want to take this on full time. I just want to like be a waiter and not run yes. the place. I want to help get it fixed up because I do have a little bit of a nest egg. And like, let's do it. And like, it's lovely. Let's get into next Cheryl busting into that meeting. Oh, no, 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 you're ahead. Okay. Because the next scene is when we have different government systems explained to us. That's in, right. In a real after school, like not even after school special, but like weird show you have to watch when like the teacher's out and there's a substitute type of situation. Yes. Like just a real explanation of different types of government systems. Uh, real. I'm trying to figure out like, I want to explain it again <laughs> compared to I think you should leave yet again with this are you caught did you watch the second season oh yeah when they have to wa- keep watching the videos with the tables with patty harrison yes and just like a real like heavy-handed explanation but like leaving a little bit out that's enough yes. for people to be like wait what yep <laughs> um and then cheryl comes busting and blaming them and then a real throwaway line that's like not you veronica which is nice paying attention to continuity uh, that they don't normally have. But my issue with this plot is that it feels like kind of over the rest of the episode starting here is that she's trying to compare compare it to like a systemat- like systemic, I can't think of the word, like discrimination. Certainly. And, and I get that, but also like to a degree, but also she's been a wealthy white woman this whole time. And like, that's right. I, I was feeling that during the scene as well. Yeah. Like they didn't again they didn't stick the landing on that like there's certainly a way for them to have like spoken about that especially like I feel like Tony could really take that plot on so well yeah and instead they did it with Cheryl and it's just like they were like those are our ancestors and sometimes it's like yeah I mean there's everyone who's like well we didn't own slaves and it's like this is a whole thing but like this is like yeah it just does was that was yeah, this ancestors. is sort of an like, ice seems like an isolated Riverdale incident as yeah. opposed to several yeah, several seasons ago where they started dealing a little bit with sort of some like indigenous issues and then kind yeah. of just, it disappeared. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Instead yeah. they decide to really double down on like your great grandfather was mean to my great grandmother. And it's like, totally. Hatfields like, and really McCoys. Doesn't... Exactly. Yeah. Yep. 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 And then also just sort of this whole feeling that the, um, the syrup had been polluted by the bodies uh-huh. like that's a real stretch and it does feel like that's veering into witch territory in terms of sort of energies and vibes and like uh-huh. uh and that's fine I guess but once again felt like a leap but maybe that'll be more explained once we get yeah. magic happening in the show I don't know and part of the scene was like she was very mad at them and didn't want them to take over because she thought they were monsters but also like she's not wrong that they shouldn't take over the town that's like- correct 
That's correct. There is still yes, some that she's not wrong there. about. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so then you know Jughead's like, let's do it. Let's start the Riverdale choice, and it's just very exciting for these children. They love it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> are they in the, the council meeting now? Is that where you are? Uh, uh, not quite. Okay. Yes. Because I have a sentence uh, here and I don't know what it means. So I just have the scene where Reggie and Ronnie decide that they're going to be working together. Mm-hmm. And it's sort of like, well, you've actually been doing that all season. Uh, so this is a new business venture for the two of you, but that's fine. You know, whatever. Yeah, I wrote, I wrote Veronica's acting like she just doesn't want to go back to New York. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. Yeah. And, and then, then, then we have the council meeting. Right. And Archie doesn't so much nominate people as insist on people being on the council of four. And what do you think? Of, an odd number. And what do you think about this uh, this council? I think it's not a bad council. Um, I again though think that it should be an odd number if they're going to do more than one. Yeah. Because uh, they're going to end up in so many ties, and who's going to break these ties? Archie. And you know who makes bad decisions? Archie. Archie. Yeah, the um, council's okay. It, for just for me. people listening, it's Tabitha, Tony, Alice, and Frank. Yeah, Frank, I felt was kind of an outlier here. He is, but he also did grow up in Riverdale. Yes, which we sort of forget. Yes, and it's also He's just, just he just still kind of strikes me as a bit of a flawed guy, and yeah. so does Alice. But that doesn't but mean they, they need can't to hook serve up on somehow. the council. They yes, that's right. Somehow, so, so they'll serve on the council and they'll start banging. Yeah. Yeah. And then they'll always vote the same. It'll be like fucking awful for Tabitha. Yeah, but then, and Tony. Yeah, and then t- Tabitha and Tony are going to vote the same, and they're just going to have constant 50 50 splits here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. So then uh, Veronica and Reggie go to the council and propose a family friendly casino, mm-hmm. which uh, doesn't exist legally. Well, you know, in Vegas. Okay, but this they're... is the worm. This is a small room. Yes, totally, 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 totally. Yes, you're right, you're right, you're right. A, they compare it to Atlantic City and like, like, yes, Vegas is very touristy and Atlantic City is also touristy, but like much more gambling specific. Yeah, it's much more adult, like, for sure. There is like a boardwalk and stuff. There is non-gambling things, but not to the degree Las Vegas is. Mm-hmm, absolutely. And also a lot of the family-friendly stuff in Vegas ended up kind of failing. It didn't really work for Vegas, so. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. Um, and then I was like, wait, what happened to the trash bag killer? And it, this is when I was just like, oh, I guess it's done. Yeah. And then, like, it's pretty clear that Nana Rose believes Charles a witch and has just been, like, keeping it from her. hmm I hope she makes, like, a little lopsided birthday cake like Hagrid and announces to her that she's a witch. hmm mm-hmm. But uh, that's not going to happen because that would be funny. Um, yes. So this is where Cheryl decides that... Thornhill will be a wayward school, a wayward girl school. And uh, and then they show that Britta's sitting there and you're like, wait, what? What? Like, where was she the rest of the scene? And then like a spooky wind blows through the Thornhill and the town and Britta's yes. is like there. She she curses the, the town with wind. Yeah, she reads a little uh, speech that was uh, Abigail's last words because I guess there was a scribe at the burning. exactly that was the part i was like what yeah it's, it's interesting because when i thought back to the scene there was like cheryl burning and like the three watching and then off in the corner there was a stenographer with that little uh like typewriter that they can walk around with and i was like smart uh, totally <laughs> so we do see that the sign to riverdale is changed mm-hmm. and i think this is an interesting choice they change it to mm-hmm. the town with pops mm-hmm. instead of the town of pep but like is Pops that famous? Well, I think that's what they're insinuating is that they're trying to make it a landmark for people to like at a destination for people to come visit. Okay. Cause uh, that they feel that it's <laughs> kind of a special place within the town. Yeah. And I get it. I get it. Totally. I mean, Hey, I'm always good for a stopover in a cute small town with a nice diner. My guess is I'm that a they sucker. like, like the way it would work would be someone were driving by because it seems like Pop's restaurant or chocolate shop just says Pop's. 
I feel like somebody driving by and be like, fuck is pops and like have to definitely. go ask about it. Definitely. Yeah, like I would Google it for sure if I was driving by. But, yeah, but also I mean, there's not I, a great cell service there. <laughs> and that's true. But an upstate town uh, in New York State with a small diner. Love it. Totally. Yeah, I've stopped at those. And then, what I will say is you feel a little bit uncomfortable considering like uh, single stall bathrooms is like unisex when they're labeled. You're like never sure how that's going to go over on like in the city. Yes. Um, <laughs> yes. It's, and then and then they, they sort of make a point of like being like Archie you helped so much this year with everything and it's like no did he? <laughs> this was just another another season of Archie being pretty difficult for the town to handle uh as per usual mm-hmm. yeah you know, what I mean, will say is another like chill blows through here and what it makes me think is that like this whole time we've been like this town is like murder town like it is insane and it's probably because it's a curse like now that i think yes. about it i'm like oh okay okay yeah it's that a cursed ex- town that explains a little bit more why it's like hogwarts and that archie is the harry potter just like dragging shit around and all these poor hufflepuffs are like can't you just leave yep <laughs> a lot of harry potter references in this episode a lot of i think you should leave it's the duality of man exactly <laughs> And then, uh, then we have the back end of this casino being run by kids. And instantly, what a fast turnaround. Yeah, what a fast turnaround. Then Reggie and Veronica kiss. Then Archie and Betty kiss. Then Hiram blows up Archie's house. And that's the end of the episode. Yeah, okay. So, well, when that chill blew through and they were at that Riverdale sign, it's like everyone is there with weapons. Like, this is when they should have, like, Harry and Henderson, like, Hiram into the woods. Or had... Like we've been saying this whole time, slowly back away into things like that Jeff of Homer into the bush. Mm-hmm, like how we mm-hmm, always wanted mm-hmm. Penelope to come in and out of the walls. Mm-hmm, Could have just really mm-hmm. glided him back into the woods and instead he just like walks away. Well, they drove Hiram out of town and then somehow he snuck back in and planted a bomb under Archie's, which is cuckoo beans. And so that's very silly. And then also if, if, if Mark Consuelos isn't coming back, there will never be any, uh, you know, he will have gotten away with this, like, heinous act of murder, you know, yeah, attempted murder. Yeah, I want to see, like, how much this damages, because as Hiram drives over the hill, it's like uh, the whole neighborhood, it's not the whole neighborhood, but, like, the flames are enormous. Yeah, there's, like, a plume house. of smoke coming out of, yeah, totally. But, like, not just smoke, as, like, you saw the smoke, and then it came over the hill, there was, like, a lot of fire. Yeah, like, was the Cooper, oh, was the Cooper house affected? I don't, and then, like, also, Archie and Betty were, like, right there. (laughs) Um, So, like, are they okay? Again, I thought it was bold if they had, like, I, if they burned Pops down, that would have been bold. It would have been, it would be even bolder if we came back in season six without Archie and Betty. But. Well, we've said that before on the show, that removing Archie at least for a while <laughs> removing Archie at least for a while I think would be an interesting element and play with the other characters in a different way mm-hmm. uh because he's such a linchpin but maybe mm-hmm. maybe we'll see some of that in season six but I'm not holding my breath yep so that's the season finale folks who is on your power list Kate my power list of course number one was Vegas uh number two was Veronica this list was like a little hard to shuffle but there were a lot of people Veronica Cheryl Archie, Hiram, Jughead. That's fair. Mine was similar-ish. Mine was Cheryl, Veronica, and Tabitha. Okay. Feel like substitute Jughead for Tabitha for mine. Who was on your crush list? Uh, Veronica. This episode, this was like some of my favorite Veronica ages. Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. Zaddy Keller. Always Mm -hmm. love Zaddy. And then Jughead, but only when he's wearing glasses. Sure, he looks good in his glasses. I had a similar-ish list. I had Cheryl. Okay. I had Zaddy Keller. Uh-huh. And then I had Uncle Frank. I considered Uncle Frank for this yeah, one. Yeah, with his cute, cute beard. Yeah. So but that's it. another episode of our show. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, we'll be back, maybe with some bonus episodes, get pumped. Yeah. If there's Thanks for everybody wanna... who's been sticking with us this season. We really appreciate it. If there's anything you want to hear us talk about, 
let us know because we can really it's become clear that we can go off on tangents quite easily so if you just have some topic yeah maybe we'll talk about it on xoxo riverdale absolutely and we'll definitely be back to cover season six when it returns in november yeah very exciting a, a real spooktacular episode in between absolutely set firmly in the xoxo universe yes oh thanks to angie mercado who edits our podcast and Louis Aronowitz, who wrote that snappy theme song that you're still singing. Absolutely. For XOXO Riverdale, I'm Louis Perlman. I'm Kate Batter. Bye. Bye.